The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Parenthood. Your life does not end here. Hi, I'm Chriselle Lim, mother of two. And I'm Sarah Son, also a mother of two. We are longtime friends and now mothers. This is Being Bumo, a podcast about all things parenting. We want to have honest conversations about motherhood so we can each define it for ourselves. We're here to build our village and we hope that you join us. Well, hello everyone. Um, excited to, to be back in the studio. We have a lot to catch up on. But today specifically, which is actually interesting that we have Sophia here today uh-huh. because yeah, maybe she can chime in. <laughs> yeah, maybe you can chime in at some point. We are going to be talking about breaking bad news to kids. Mm. And I think this is a topic that no, I personally haven't really seen anywhere because when I was going through my divorce, I was like, how do I break this news? Mm. Like, what do I say? Do I sugarcoat it? Do I just tell them straight up? Like, and divorce is just one of them, uh, of the million things that happen throughout our lifetime. But, you know, there's sickness, there's um, homes, moves, yeah. everything. Yeah. So I would love to chat about that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Do you have a memory or do you remember a time where your parents broke hard news to you and your sister? Yeah, there, there has been several moments. I mean... My childhood growing up, I moved all the time because of my dad's job. So that was never really bad news necessarily because it was what we were used to, unfortunately. But I think the first time it was obviously very hard because I was leaving my kind of initial friends I grew up with in the Bay Area. I grew up in San Jose in California in my childhood years. And that was really, really hard. But besides that, after that, we moved to Korea. We moved back to LA. Then we moved back to Korea. Like it was a lot of back and forth. But I think the hardest news that I actually received from my parents was when my mom, so my mom has, she's always had heart conditions. Mm -hmm. And so the very first time we actually felt that it was a really serious moment Mm -hmm. because they always tried to cover it. Like they were always like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's fine. Your mom will be fine. But the very first time was when she had to go away and stay in the hospital and actually get surgery. And my dad had to take over for about, I think it was like, almost a month he had to take over. And that was when we're like, oh, okay. Something's happening. Something is happening yeah. here. And it was very scary. Did they talk to you guys? Or because I remember in my family and culture, it was, everything is very hush-hush. Like, don't talk about it. Don't tell the kids. There's kind of shame around it yeah. a little bit. Like being sick was like something bad. So I wonder if like, did your parents talk about it or they just Oh, didn't? totally. They, they just kind of no, pretended or... You're exactly right. right. I mean, I think that's all in our culture where we just don't talk about things. Yeah. Like we just try and to... And I guess they're trying it. to protect us a little bit, right? They're also like their kids. Like, what do they know? But you do know. You do know that something's happening. Things are changing. And so like... I think our parents' differently? generation, they probably didn't realize how much awareness kids actually have. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like they know things yeah. are happening as this one's staring at me. <laughs> You know everything, right? You know everything that's going on, even if your mom's not telling you, right? (laughs) Why is she nodding so confidently? (laughs) It's true. No, it is true. And so when we were actually going through that time with my mom, nothing was explained to us. And it was like, oh, your mom is just getting surgery. She'll be fine. She'll be fine. 
And that left us a little bit in the dark, which I don't know. I, I, it wasn't a comforting feeling, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like initially, maybe it's nice not to know because you don't worry or you don't think about it. Yeah. But if it's something relatively life-changing, yeah, then then not addressing it, I think, is it's not really yeah. a benefit. Yeah. I'll talk about my divorce in a minute, how we were able to kind of break that news. Yeah, I but I would love, love to hear, hear yours. Like, Do you have any moments where you had to break some news? Well, yeah. And so I think this is so relevant to speak to this specific week because this week marks the first full year that I had surgery last last year. So again, this week is marks a year of my first true medical sort of crisis. Mm-hmm. And I did have to tell my kids, but I it, there was a process to the whole thing. And initially, just like our parents, I was like, don't tell them anything. Yeah, They're little. They don't need to know. They can't help anyway. Yeah. It's not like they can do anything about it. So don't worry about it. Let's not tell them. And then <laughs> that was like the initial agreement. <laughs> and then there was some blurting out going on at some point. <laughs> Uh, because it wasn't planned, yeah. you know, and like husband and I are trying to cover it and we were doing the different, you know, doctor's appointments and whatever. And we would not lie, but definitely not tell them either. Mm-hmm. And then one day we just blurted it out. So that's not really the best way to do it. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Looking back, right? Like if I could do it again, I would really find time to sit them down and talk to them. And they're little, but they're old enough now. Like they're fifth grade and third grade like they have enough understanding and we have taught we are a family we talk about things you know but for for whatever reason this one thing because it was happening to me I was like don't tell them I told my husband specifically do not tell them anything because you don't want to worry them again but then it's so silly we're just driving and then we just just came out out of nowhere and then I looked at him in panic oh gosh and I was like did I just say you know so anyway I do think that if I could do it again a little bit, I would take more thoughtful time to sit yeah. and and tell them. Again, I'm fine, obviously, but during those four weeks, it was it was kind of like a moment of not knowing of uncertainty what would happen after yeah. the surgery. Yeah. Why Why was your initial thing not to share? <laughs> such a good question. Is it just brainwashing from our parents? It's definitely (laughs) all of that childhood craziness. I don't know. I think it's because in my heart I felt, why would I tell them just going to worry them? Mm. You know, it's just going to make them feel scared and sad. And again, they can't do anything about it. But I I was completely wrong about that. Yeah. So I've been wearing these white flats everywhere and they go with everything. And so many people have been asking me online and also in person where I got them from. They're just one of those really good chic shoe that looks good with literally everything. And if you follow me on Instagram, you guys probably have seen it and you know exactly which pair of shoes I'm talking about. So for those of you that are wondering, I got them from Vince Camuto. VinceCamuto.com is a one-stop shop for wardrobe staples and occasion pieces that make every moment a chance to express your personal style. And warm weather is finally here. I am so excited. Spring is absolutely my favorite season. Their spring collection is perfect. 
It is thoughtfully crafted with premium materials and attention to even the smallest of details. So if you're looking to refresh your closet for spring, look no further because Vince Camuto's collection of woven mules, vibrant sandals, and chic convertible handbags is a natural place to start. What I love most about Vince Camuto is that they are so on trend and so stylish and so chic and comfortable, but their footwear, handbags, jewelry are also well-priced and we love that, right? So you guys can find out more on VinceCamuto.com. As we're all stepping into a new season and for me personally, I'm stepping into a new chapter into my life. I want to feel sexy and strong and powerful and invincible and just confident, right? And Vince Camuto will do that for you. Head to VinceCamuto.com slash podcast and use promo code podcast for 20% off your next purchase. While you're there, do yourself a favor and sign up to be a part of their VC VIP program where you can earn member perks, previews, and exclusive offers on your next accessories haul. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, guys, so I have a bit of a problem. It's really hard for me to get out of bed. Um, Not because I'm tired or I need more sleep. I get enough sleep. I I really prioritize sleep in my life. It's the fact that my bed sheets and my bed in general is so, so cozy and comfy. And I just have to tell you guys about Cozy Earth because it is a game changer. I've been obsessed with them since I've discovered them, and I actually discovered them through the queen herself, Oprah. She actually had Cozy Earth on her favorites list for four years in a row. So, you know, when the queen is obsessed with something, you know, it's good. It's real, real good. They have everything from bedding to chic loungewear, towels, robes, everything that you can think of that you need in your home and more. What makes Cozy Earth so unique is how it is developed. They develop and craft high-quality goods with responsibly and sustainably sourced materials from the earth so you can get that restorative sleep you need to curate your sanctuary and recharge from the comfort of your own home. Cozy Earth is literally softer than cotton. It is the softest thing you will ever touch, hence the reason why it's so hard for me to get out of bed. I mean, I guess it's a good problem to have, right? It's made from soft and sustainable viscose from bamboo fabrics. Cozy Earth is also temperature regulating, which means it will keep you cool and comfortable all night long. I'm one of those people that get really hot in the middle of the night and then I get cold and then hot and then cold. I mean, I don't know if any of you guys have this problem as well, but this actually really helps regulating my temperature. As I mentioned earlier, Cozy Earth has been featured on Oprah's favorite list four years in a row. So you know that it's really, really good. And they also have something called the 100 night sleep test. That means you can try it for 100 nights. And if you don't love it, you can send it back for a full refund. But trust me, after one night, you're going to be like, holy, this is good. <laughs> so if you guys are interested in trying it out, I highly recommend it. Cozy Earth is providing an exclusive offer for our Boomo listeners. And you'll be getting 35% off site-wide when you use the code BUMO, B-U-M-O. I think normalizing hardships in families is something that's so important and not often talked about. And that's what I realized coming out of this divorce is that no one wants to talk anything negative, especially that first initial conversation is very, very hard because you're like, how do I break this news? Or how are they going to take it? You just know my brain was going in both ways. right? And they actually both had very different reactions to the news. Yeah. Yeah. And... So once you have that conversation and you normalize these types of conversation for your kids and your family, 
I think it opens a door for them as well, where it's like, okay, if something is going on in my world, in, you know, school or, you know, between my friend group, then these types of conversations are okay to have with our family. And it's nothing that I have to hide, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. so I think for us to lead by example, obviously it's very, very hard because we always, the initial reaction is we want to protect them and not put any kind of, worries upon them Mm -hmm. but i think it's it's necessary for us to have these type of conversations because they already are aware and they sense change already anyway so why not give them some clarity in that confusion and everything should be child appropriate right like and we can maybe go through some of those to think about Uh um it should be child appropriate you I mean, I wouldn't want to give too much information either, right? Yeah. But enough information where they feel that they have clarity and that they are part of the conversation, like you're saying, normalizing the fact that they can have these conversations. Yeah. So I think it's so important. I call it the sandwich method. Okay. Do you know about the sandwich no, method? No, tell me about that. <laughs> anything sandwich, anything food, I'm happy. <laughs> I learned this in my business class way long ago when I was in college. And they said that when you're pitching or when you're talking about a problem or a situation or you know, your whatever situation you're in, it could be in business or personal, you always start off with something positive mm. and you sandwich it in with the negative thing and then you sandwich it back together with something positive. So end it with something positive. Sandwiches, they're so deep. You can go so deep with sandwiches. <laughs> it's just so much. So but much like how many layers are in those sandwiches? Mm. That's what matters, I mm. guess. The depth of the sandwich. <laughs> I love that. This, this podcast is getting deep, it's y'all. Getting really, it should be called the sandwich method. <laughs> sandwich podcast. <laughs> no, but it, it's actually stuck with me and it's actually helped me a lot with mm. everything mm. in life. And I do this so naturally now without even thinking about it. So I always start off with like the good news. So for instance, when I was breaking the news with my kids about our separation, their dad and I, I started off with something positive. Like, mommy is so happy. Look, we have this beautiful new home. You know, we get to spend so much time together. Mommy is in a very, very good place. So I started off in that sense. Super positive. Super positive. Mm-hmm. And then you say... What I said was, there are some changes that are happening. Mommy and daddy are no longer going to be living together. We are separating because, as you guys know, and this is something that I couldn't, I wasn't sugarcoating it. They have actually witnessed it, unfortunately, where Mm -hmm. there would be fights and arguments. And so I said, as you guys know, Mm -hmm. there has been a lot of unhealthy fights and arguments that your dad and I think that it's much healthier if we lived separately. And so with that said, you guys are going to have two different houses and you're going to spend time. The good news is, this is the good news. The good news is that you get to spend, have daddy time and then you get to have mommy time Mm -hmm. and it's going to be that much more special. You guys get two places. You guys get two sets of toys. Yeah. I mean, we're trying to, at this point, I was like, the trying other to part sell of them. the sandwich. <laughs> the other part of the sandwich, trying to sell them why this yeah. is amazing. I mean, there's a few little, you know, made up things in there. <laughs> but yeah, that is how I broke the news to mm. them. And what were their reactions? Like, what was. Chloe and then Colette's reaction. So it's funny that you said that it's your year anniversary since your surgery because it's been a year anniversary since my separation. And so back then, Colette was only two. So she had 
I mean, she had maybe very little understanding of what was going on, but it was mainly Chloe because she was, she's seven now, but she was six at that point. So she fully knew what was going on. Her initial reaction was, okay, great. Like, because I sold it for her, right? Right. So her initial reaction was like, okay, okay, cool. This is the plan and the plan's great. Right. But then it was maybe a week or two afterwards where she's just like, okay, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Like, how come you and daddy can't live together? How come I can't see you guys together? How come you guys can not be married, but still live together? She had really valid questions, right? Yeah, she's processing the whole thing. Yeah, she was processing. So it took her a few weeks to really process it and then start asking those questions. And that's when it started getting a little bit challenging for me. And I had a therapist and Chloe also had a therapist at the time. I just couldn't want to make sure that there was it was a very smooth transition for her. And so they helped me and she guided me along like how to answer these mm-hmm. kind of more trickier questions, which was very, very helpful. And it took a minute. It took about three months yeah. for her to really fully adjust and accept that this is a new reality. Yeah. I think for a while they were kind of like, oh, okay, like we're going to go back to nor- yeah. what we're used to, yeah. right? Yeah. But then after three months, the questions kind of stopped yeah. and they were just like, okay, this is what it is she now. She adjusted, yeah. Yeah. But that is how Chloe initially reacted. And now she's totally fine. And I mean, it's a never-ending cycle, right? So, right. She, you know, I'm sure she's going to go through her ups and downs and questions here and there. But as of now, she's transitioned really, really well. And I think you have to be patient. I think yeah. that's what the kids, whenever you're breaking bad news, is that, yes, you let them know. They will have their initial reaction, whatever that might be. It might be negative. It might be positive. In Mm -hmm. my case, it was positive. Mm -hmm. And then kind of more of the real emotions came a few weeks after. And so you just have to be patient with them. So my kids have a few extracurricular activities as they're getting older now. And one of their absolute favorites is horseback riding, of course. And then they also have gymnastics and soccer And another thing that they've been doing is Bumo Brain's foreign language program. They started it when Bumo actually started their foreign language program, which has been quite some time now. And it's become so, so popular. Every single parent that actually signs up for the foreign language program, they just don't stop because it's just the best foreign language program that you will ever experience. I mean, I might be a little biased, but it is actually so good and so effective. My kids are in both the Korean and Mandarin class, and I've just seen the craziest improvement especially for Korean because their Korean has been quite weak when they first started, but they fully understand what I'm talking about. And it's actually kind of funny because now I can't speak to my mom in Korean because they know exactly what I'm talking about. You can choose from Korean, Mandarin, Spanish, and French. The program is six weeks long and they meet twice a week and the teachers are super engaging and the classes are intimate with a maximum of eight students per class. Parents have been loving the progress that they've seen in their kids and also the kids just cannot get enough because it's so much fun. I mean, learning should really be fun at that age. So reserve your spot today on boomobrain.com. Anyone else so excited that spring is here and summer is just around the corner? I mean, I've just been living in the sun and so have my kids. I cannot emphasize the importance of sunblock. And I know that you guys hear it all the time, but it's so true. This is how you're going to maintain that beautiful, youthful skin. It's going to protect you from the sun, from any sun damage. And also your kids, your kids need sunblock too. They have such sensitive, delicate little skin. Anyways, I want to share with you guys the sunscreen that I've been using and testing out and I'm 
absolutely obsessed with. So first of all, Bliss is a B Corp certified, clean, cruelty-free, planet-friendly skincare brand, which is really, really important to me. And they're on a mission to empower everyone to achieve a higher state of happy, one self-care moment at a time. Because us moms, we deserve to be happy and we deserve self-care moments as well, right? And I know that you guys always hear about self-care, skincare is so important, but what is the most important skincare step? It's SPF every day, guys. We all know wearing SPF daily is a must, but Bliss believes you should enjoy wearing it. I mean, how many of you can actually say that you enjoy wearing sunscreen? Well, now you're about to with Bliss Bloxar. So Bloxar Daily Mineral SPF 30 is a sunscreen you will actually want to wear. It has this amazing sheer universal tint that blends in so effortlessly, and I feel like it gives me a really nice glow underneath my makeup. And honestly, I feel like it makes my skin look smoother when I wear it alone, especially for busy moms. This is really, really important because sometimes we never get around to makeup, right? But it also looks amazing under makeup and it won't peel and almost works like a primer. And because I have combination skin, some SPFs actually tend to clog my pores, but this one doesn't. It doesn't clog pores. It doesn't cause breakouts, which is so important to me. It won't irritate your skin. It won't leave you looking like a grease ball. It's actually so amazing. And it's made in Korea. Boxer is actually the mineral SPF. You truly have to see it to believe it. I cannot wait for you guys to try it out. You could actually get 25% off your first purchase of Bloxar Daily Mineral Sunscreen on blissworld.com. That is B-L-I-S-S-W-O-R-L-D.com and use code BUMO at checkout. Hello, beautiful people. It's Renee Blewett, and I am your host for the She Did That podcast. Have you ever wondered how your favorite women founders are building these beautiful brands and legacies? Whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, already on your journey, or just someone who wants to learn from the best to ever do it, this is the podcast for you. Every week, I'll introduce you to powerhouse entrepreneurs, creatives, and innovators who are carving their own paths with love, resilience, and bold ambitions. Be sure to subscribe now so you don't miss a thing. Do you think, you said when the news, you broke the news, Colette was so young that maybe she didn't put the two and two together. Now that it's been a year, does she have any questions or not really? Not really. She still does, because this is her new normal now. Like Mm -hmm. I think at the age of two years old, she's just barely getting to like figure out what her new uh, schedule is, right? And so by the time that she figured out her schedule, we were already separated. So she was so young that she didn't really, yeah. And I'm so, so grateful that it happened when she was younger. Mm. Um, But Chloe had to take a lot more time and like process it with her. But yeah, I mean, sometimes she'll have, oh, the other day she was like, mommy, were you married? Have you been married before? No, she did. And I was like, yeah, I was married to your dad. Mm-hmm. So oh, okay. this is her new normal. Yeah, novel. and like, like she will, these questions will come out. Yeah. She, yeah. Kids have different reactions. Some some kids may react physically and some kids will react emotionally. Mm. And some kids will might just take it as a matter of fact, like, oh, this is a new plan. And like, it is what it is. When I, when we finally got our act together and sat down and told the kids, my son immediately hugged me. But that, that makes sense because he's not, it takes him a while to express with words. Mm. So he just hugged me and like I hugged him back and, you know, we reassured him that I was going to be fine. Obviously, you know, during that time, we we, we, did, we didn't know how the surgery would go, but 
he did hug me. I do remember his reaction. And then I, it was so funny because kids are just so wonderful. But he assured me. He was like, oh, mom, you're going to be okay. Oh. And he hugged me. My little one. Do you remember how you reacted <laughs> since you're here today? <laughs> what was your initial reaction when you found out about your mom? Why don't you come here? Come here. We need you in the mic. Here. Go to Thea. <laughs> okay, so, her debut in the podcast. Yeah, so you could speak into the mic. But how was your initial reaction when you found out about your mom's surgery? Well, I was thinking about it and I was like, oh my God, is she not going to be okay when we see her again? But then I don't remember how I reacted, but I know I was just like, will she be okay? And then... You were worried a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Because... Like, she's going in and she wasn't out. And that was a time where I was kind of, like, attached to her. Oh, you're not attached to her anymore? (laughs) 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 Oh, okay. So you were attached to her. Yeah, but she wasn't, like, there anymore for a couple dates. So that must have been a little hard. Yeah. Yeah. But did you like that we told you? Or would you rather we not have told you? So you didn't even worry those two days? Well, I'd rather you would have told me because you would be gone. And That's like, true. We need to give you some <laughs> sort of explanation. Like, where would you go? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. And who blurted out the news? <laughs> you. Oh, was it me? I was dad. Oh, were you trying to fine. blame dad right now? <laughs> no, no. The truth comes out. <laughs> it was me like worrying like making sure that he didn't tell the kids uh-huh. and then one one day we we're just driving and we just started talking about it. <laughs> anyway, thank you for sharing that thank Sophia. you for sharing sophia well it's that's a- our first guest that's our first that guest. is our first oh guest my God, we've been talking about our guest list for months and can't decide who our first guest should be our first guest oh. is oh my god we should do a mother-daughter episode we should i mean i don't think chloe is as open to talking but i think if she hears sophia talking about things and we can talk about things that she wants to talk about yeah yeah like things that are her oh, current interests. So, so cute <laughs> that should be our first episode is our interviewing our kids oh my god how funny would that be what, what kind of questions would you ask them oh my god just what's the one thing that annoys you the most about your, about your mom <laughs> about your mom <laughs> don't answer that <laughs> you just gave us a new podcast idea sophia Aww. thank you but yeah i mean obviously kids know behavior-wise that something is up when there are changes in the household. So it's like, it almost makes it worse if we don't tell them. A little bit. I think so too. Like I do, I do remember moments in my childhood where I wish my parents would have just sort of addressed it a little bit. They don't, we don't have to have like an hour conversation about it, but at least address it. These changes are happening. You guys are going to be fine. Reassure them that they're going to be fine and just be honest about it. I think it's always... Kids can handle it. Yeah, kids can handle it. And I remember, I forgot when, who told me this. I think it was Eliza from, what's her podcast? Good um, Humans? Oh, yeah. Do- um, Dr. Eliza? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah, I interviewed Good her. Good Humans, I think, yeah. Yeah, um, during COVID, like during that period when we were just doing everything via Zoom. But I remember her telling me that kids just need to be, they could handle it. You could break them the news, but they also just need to be reassured that you are the adult and you have it under control. Yep. So it's like it's okay to break bad news to them, mm. but it's not like 
put, I think we think that we're going to put the burden on them. But it's not about that. It's about sharing the information, but letting them know that we have it under control right. and that they're going to be okay. Yep. And this is just what's going on. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I think once we understood that, then the conversations also becomes easier because like you said, it doesn't become this this worrying kind of yeah. thing and you can just assure them and that's what we did and we just said like oh mom's going to surgery and these are the possible outcomes mm-hmm. the best i got the best outcome the best scenario possible mm-hmm. and then we're fine and but we got i, I it get together it as a family. I, I would imagine it was hard for you at that moment because you don't know necessarily the outcome it, of the surgery yet. yes whereas like for me with my divorce the outcome it's done. It's done. Right. Right. And yeah. so I'm just sharing the news. But for you, it's like the outcome isn't done yet. And so you're sharing the news with the hope that it's going to turn out okay. Yeah. So that has to be hard for you as a parent, just yeah. being like, this yeah. better turn out okay. Right. It's better go well. Yeah. yeah. But even then, I think we did kind of present the two scenarios, the two scenarios the doctor gave us. Yeah. In a more a child appropriate way. And then, of course, my son, you know, after the hug, had a million questions. Yeah. This one actually initially was more, you had, you initially had a lot of questions. And then through the day or two, you were a little bit more quiet and I think more thinking more about it a little bit more. At least that's how I remember the reactions. Probably processing it a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Yeah. And actually, it's really important too to just let them process it and mm-hmm. react the way they, they know how. Like, you just can't control their reaction. Some kids, might just take it as a matter of fact, right? Or just hug you or be full of questions. And some kids might get angry. I don't know, depending on the child and how and your level of conversation with your kid. But to even know that, to even know that they can just have the reaction that they have. Yeah. And then let give them time and space to process it. Yeah. Was like a really important lesson for us as parents. That was our first time doing that. That's amazing because every kid will have a different reaction. I, I love that your son... Which kind of makes sense because I feel like a lot of just boys in general, they might not have the words to be mm-hmm. able to, mm-hmm. maybe not not have the words, but they're just much more physical in that sense. Yeah. yeah. And it just um, takes them a little longer to yeah. put the words together. Yeah. Yeah. And so for girls to like process it a little bit more and a little longer. And that's exactly what I did with Chloe too. I just kind of shared the news and just let her time have the time that she needed to process it. Yeah. And then she came back with. A million questions that I had to answer eventually. But yeah, I think just having that time for them is is really important instead of like rushing through it. Yes, because it's not like an executive meeting. I mean, it's like it's a process. There's going to be the the questions will come and then their surroundings will also prompt questions depending on the changes that are happening. Yeah. But I just feel for thank God that my outcome was positive best outcome. But I do just feel for parents who've had to you know, break news that are really completely devastating and life-changing. Yeah. And at a mo- there was a moment in that conversation that we did bring that up, which I just, I was filled with panic in my heart and just felt really overwhelmed of knowing that I wasn't sure how this was going to end or like if the doctor was like, well, we're going to have to have a second surgery or whatever. Yeah. And I just feel so deeply for the parents that have had to just go, that are going even through yeah. such hard times. I mean, there's, you know, there's always a reason for everything and there's always, like if you believe that there can always be a positive outcome to anything, which I always believe, there's always that. But like in that moment, I just feel for the parents who've had to really share life-changing news to their children. Yeah, Yeah, I do think about that a lot more now as my parents are getting older and then also their dad's 
parents, which is their other set of grandparents that are older. You know, both kids are lucky enough. Our kids are lucky enough to have both set of grandparents, and we haven't experienced death in the family yet and loss. And that is something that I do think more often than not now, just because I know it's going to happen one day. They're getting older. They're getting older, and I am sure a lot of people that are listening to this have probably have th- have had their own experiences and I would love to hear kind of like how you dealt with it. I would love to hear yeah. how people deal with loss and grief through the actually when you were sharing about some of your childhood memories was with your parents my the moment I remember most clearly in my brain and memories is when my dad lost his mom. Oh. Right like that was really Why? the first Why was it like the clearest memory? Because I think that was the first time and when the way that my parents broke that news to us I just had never seen my dad emotional in that manner, mm. right? Like up until then, he's like the head of the family. He's like a pastor to a big church and like that whole thing, right? He's just always been like, and that was really the first time where I saw him so quote unquote weak and emotional and just like, yeah, just crying and crying. He would go to the balcony and cry and cry oh. and just, and then eventually, but then see, he didn't tell us until after like he was grieving like that week, mm. that first week when he heard the news over the phone because we're in Guatemala. And then I just remember him crying for a week at least. I don't know, for many, many days. And then eventually he told us that, you know, his mom had passed and how it just was so heartbroken. Also because he wasn't there when it happened. He was in Guatemala and she was in Korea. And I just remember that is one of my greatest memories with my dad because he was very honest and open and vulnerable yeah. even over something so difficult. I think those honest and open conversations, of course, at when it's age appropriate for yeah. kids, is no different than when adults have honest and open conversations with each other, mm, right? So true. Yeah. yeah. And I think we think that these little human beings are just, you know... <laughs> Unaware, or they can't handle yeah. it, or they're going to be so worried, or yeah. But connection is connection. I think human connection is like when you're connecting with your kid or your best friend or, you know, your partner, you're you're sharing a moment together, right? And I think that's also the same thing with kids. It's like you're sharing a special moment together, whether it's sad news, bad news, but you're kind of going through it together. And for me, when I think about kind of the past year, what I went through, I just remember like so specifically like I was having such a hard time the year before this actually all, all happened. And not that I, I was able to be fully transparent with Chloe back then, just because, you know, I was really trying to make it work, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I remember this one time, I I just couldn't handle it. And so I drove home um, to see my parents mm. in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And I brought Chloe with me. And I... She obviously knew because I was crying the whole time when I was driving in my car for like six hours. And I kind of shared a little bit like, you know, mommy and daddy are just going through a really hard time right now. And the whole time she was just quiet and she just handed me tissues the whole time, like while I was driving up north. Angel, yeah. Just like an angel, right? And like, so these kids have the capacity and ability to really feel emotion and empathy and sympathy and we just have to let them in Mm. obviously it has to be kind of age appropriate but they could handle it they can yeah Yeah. and because she kind of went through that period with me when this all happened and when the news was kind of more so official she got it she like totally understood what was going on obviously she had her own emotions that she had to deal with and you know those questions that randomly came up but 
I think totally when you normal. kind of yeah. bring them along with you, in my opinion, everyone has their own different ways of um, sharing information. But I think when you kind of drop hints a little bit here and there, it does not be fully like all the facts and, you know, what you're going through. But I think it also allows them to process a little bit more. Yeah. Versus like when you're dropping a bomb on them. Yeah. And you're also yeah. modeling what that looks like. That yeah. whole process. You're modeling it because you're like, you're talking through it. And like you said earlier, that will give them the tools to know like if they're having issues at school with their friends or yeah. whatever, that they can also have these conversations. Yeah. I think it's so important. I think we missed out because so much of our upbringing is like, hush, hush, don't talk about it. Don't tell the kids. Don't tell, you know, don't tell others. Like, I, I think we did miss out a little bit on that. We on did. understanding how to process certain things. Yeah. Yeah. But we could change that we, with our generation, yeah. right? Yes. And that yeah. that's the beauty of that's what's so exciting about uh, this parenting is that, yeah. you know, no parent, we're not shaming our parents because they, they no. were only teaching us what they thought was the best at the time. But we've learned from that and I'm sure they will learn from that and are the things that we should have done. Yeah. But yeah. And do I it in the sandwich thing. I really like that. The sandwich. The sandwich <laughs> yeah. method works, guys. If you got anything on this podcast is the sandwich, the sandwich. method. Positive, negative, positive. Okay. If you got anything on this podcast, it's the sandwich method, which is good news first, then the negative, and then sandwich it with some positive stuff. And sprinkle, <laughs> sprinkle it all cupcakes. together, and you'll have the best sandwich ever. And also, I mean, for me, especially as I reflect on this week, moms, just get checked. Go to your doctor. Get the check. Get there's I think ten different screenings that we should be getting in this age group, like late thirties to early forties, and just get. I think we just forget to prioritize mm -hmm. that, or like oh I'm still young or whatever. We are, but I think it's really important to get checked, have a baseline of where we're starting, and we continue to build as we get older. It's and important for our children too. How often are you supposed to get checked? At least once a year. I mean, I think okay. once a year is what the routine. Unless and do you just go to your gyno? Like, where do you go for like yeah. this type of screening? You would have to go to your gyno and then also your regular physician. So it's two different checkups. Two different checkups. Oh. I would, and depending on if they find something like for me, I have to do not a third screening twice a year. Uh -huh. But get just just start and yeah. put. I actually do it every March for my birthday month, mm. and I have been since my second one was born. Just because then I remember just to do it that month because it's my birthday month. I think, and myself included, I think at this age, we just feel like we used to be when we were like in our 20s. We're just like, oh, no, we're fine. Like we're invincible. People get sick in their 50s and 60s. Like you never think people get sick in their 30s and 40s. No, it's happening now. All the time. I mean, right? you're hearing about all the sickness and illness of and deaths even of yeah. people that are quite young. young. Right? Yeah. And so, so breaking bad news to kids is one thing, but let's try our best not to have to break bad news yeah. to them. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. And thank you all of you that listened in today. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Please leave us a review. We would really, really appreciate it. It just helps our podcast and it gets us really excited. Also, send us a DM of any topics that you guys want us to cover. We would love to. And we guest ideas. What? And guest ideas if they have. If you have any ideas for who we should have on as guests yes. on the podcast, please submit those ideas as well. Yeah, we're starting to bring in guests, but we're being very, very picky. So we actually had our first guest today, which is <laughs> Sophia, her daughter, which is amazing. But yeah, please send us any guest ideas as well. Thank you guys so much, and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.
Thank you so much for listening. We want to keep this conversation going with you. So please leave us a DM on Instagram and make sure to follow us and subscribe to our podcast. And we would love it if you left us a review. Also, if you're in the Los Angeles area, make sure to visit us at Bumo Work at Westfield Century City Shopping Center. And if you're looking for educational-based content entertainment for your little ones, visit us at www.bumobrain.com or at Bumo Brain on Instagram. 